0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Breaking the Barrier Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach. Welcome back everyone for the third in a series of improvement talks by your wonderful host, Andrew Lorenzo. Um, who said we'd top out at one and not come back for four weeks? I'm
1: I'm so impressed. I'm so impressed yeah. that we're on a third week in a row. Of, uh, this is called a streak. I know, I know. This is crazy. Yeah. Do you ever watch, um, oh, what was it? I think it was the first major league. Uh, and... Uh, the major league movie and he was like the coach was like uh we've won two games in a row if we win three that's called a streak and all yes. the players are looking and i'm like yeah right okay really serious like i love that
0: movie oh they're, major league charlie sheen yeah. wesley snipes um who else tom was it? Tom
1: Berenger. tom Berenger. that's right a russo yeah
0: Renee, was Rene Rousseau... Yeah, she she wasn't was
1: the evil woman, was she? No, she was Tom's ex. The evil woman, I know uh, her face. I just can't remember her name. Yes. Um, I can't even remember her character's name, can I? No, no but no, she I was can't. evil. She was really mean. Yes. Really mean. Hey, have you been watching? Of course you have. I know you have. I'm just asking for sake of the podcast, but uh, Obi-Wan. I haven't watched the latest episode that came out this week, but... I have
0: not watched the latest episode either, but yes, I have watched the first three episodes of Obi-Wan. What are your thoughts? Um, I really like it. Um, I would say... Sorry, folks. We're going off into nerd corner. Just fast forward about, I don't know, five minutes, and we'll tell you to fast forward five minutes more. Um, um, I thought... I read some criticism of it that said the first episode betrayed its roots of originally being a movie. Um, Okay. But I had the opposite feedback because, for me, the first episode, that first hour-long episode, was very luxurious with its pacing. It took a lot of time to establish Mm. the setting on Tatooine, lots of repeated shots to let you really get the feeling that Obi-Wan was in this repetitious rut. Um, And I found that first hour of Obi-Wan, a little bit more interesting than the last two episodes, which have been very action-packed, but I'm kind of, I've seen Star Wars action before, and the stakes of some of the action scenes, you sort of know that these characters are still going to be here 10, 15 years from now, so the stakes aren't quite there, so whilst they're impressive to look at, it's those little character moments which I'm finding I enjoy the most, and there haven't been as many of them in the last couple of episodes, I not.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I tend to agree. I'm not... I don't love the action stuff. I don't think it's A, shot very well, or B, does it make a lot of sense? Um, Mm. I mean, spoilers, everybody, by the way, if you're listening to this, but like, for example, the Leia chase scene, I don't think we need to talk about that. Oh my goodness, that was
0: (laughs) atrocious. I know we're going to do an episode on the best running athletes in pop culture. Young Leia is either just not on it because that was an atrocious scene, or instantly number one because she could outrun anything.
1: Yeah, Apparently. I think I, it was just, it was weird, like, there was so many things, so many little things in that, even the rooftop chase, and the camera angles, there was just a lot of weird stuff to to, uh, oh, we're all of a sudden out of trouble now, and no yep. explanation as to why, but, yes, the characters I'm interested in, I think he's great, always. Oh, yes, I amazing. Mean, he's just fantastic, um, but yeah. I uh, do
0: like the Leia actress,
1: I think she's precocious,
0: I think she's... I can see her growing up into Carrie Fisher. Maybe not she's... in the nine years or so they say is going to pass. She seems very young for a 10-year-old.
1: Yeah, I think she's pretty brilliant. Um, I'm wondering if she uh, has some kind of, and I don't mean this to sound the wrong way, but I said this to Erin. She seems almost, the way she moves, I'm wondering if she has something going on. Like, really? In terms of physical, uh, yeah. Like yeah. I thought maybe she was a little person. Is that yeah? thing i that, i think that's all. what okay. yes i think that is allowed now um, yes if it's not we're really sorry sorry i don't yeah, yeah i don't know um but she it's just the way she moves i don't know i just
0: think she's an awful runner Fair i'm enough. just gonna put it down like <laughs> she's just an awful runner and i've watched Tom Cruise movies back to back for the last couple of weekends. So he's
1: the best runner. I've been
0: experiencing like the best of the best when it comes to running, and Princess Leia is not there. Apart from the fact that she seems to be able to outrun anything, and cause people to have like Keystone Cop moments behind it, where they crash into branches, and you almost hear boiling as a sound effect afterwards.
1: Yeah, I was like atrocious. Is that is that Mm -hmm. anyway? But yeah, so I think at the moment. um and apparently this latest episode's really good but i think i'm like right around a six or seven out of ten overall i think yeah yeah i'd say it's the first episode i was very
0: high on and i came out of that going "Oh, this is what it's going to be just this slow burn Mm. you know reflection on what it's like to be a, a lone gunslinger with no purpose and then episodes two and three felt and i don't mean this to sound like a bad thing but that's the tone they felt a lot more like the prequels they felt yeah. like they were really getting back to their prequel roots. Yeah. And I know there's a bit of prequel revisionist history happening, but yeah, I don't need
1: that. No, I
0: hmm. don't think anybody does. Yep.
1: Um, are you watching The Boys? I haven't started the new season yet, no. Oh, um, yes. I, I got it. Yeah. Because I'm kind of an, I'm, I'm a jerk. I basically finished. Yeah, the we know. Second, yeah, well, the second season I was That's meant the pod to wait folks. for Aaron. <laughs> what? What? Say it again. <laughs> I say that's the pod, folks. Yeah, well, I said this. call it a day. Uh, I watched the end of the second season without her, um, and she still hasn't finished it yet. So I'm not. I'm, I'm, I've made the promise to myself to not, and to her, to not be a jerk again. It's um, dialed up to eleven. Awesome.
0: It's insane. It's just some of the like every episode. There's a scene where you're like, "Wow, I can't believe they did that." It's crazy. I love that. Yeah. that's what
1: I love about that show. Are you watching Barry? Actually, I love Barry, but I haven't started the new season because oh my know, god, I know I don't even know when it's on. Is it what? I, I, well, I, it's I have Foxtel. I should be Foxtel. Able to it's on Foxtel. Yeah. yeah. So they're up to like episode seven.
0: I didn't even know it started. It's amazing. It is really, really good, Barry folks. If you are listening to this and you're not watching Barry, Bill Hader plays a ex so army person turned actor. It's astonishing. It's great. Yeah. Honestly, some of the best half hour of TV you will see in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, How's your running going? My running has stopped. Um, So I think last time we spoke, I said that I was dealing with a little bit of a pain behind my right knee. Yeah. And that was on a Thursday. That was last Thursday. So exactly a week ago. And the next day on the Friday, I went out and ran after work. And went out and did a 7K run, not fast, um, just a nice cruisy, you know, between 5.35, 45 pace. But I could really feel my right calf during the run. Yeah. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, it's it's not that bad. And, and I'd been talking about how the bike riding was helping me loosen it all up and everything, and it, it didn't feel any worse after the Friday run than I thought it had in the past. And then Saturday morning, I got up because I knew that Sunday I wasn't going to be able to do anything. So I thought, right, I'll go do my long run on Saturday. And my long run was going to be slow jog over to park run, which is 5Ks, do park run, which is 5Ks, and then slow jog back. So a 15K long run. And I figured after a week of running four times between 10 and 7Ks, that would actually fit quite nicely. That would give me 40-odd Ks for the week, which is a pretty quiet week for me. But given I was trying to keep an eye on my right calf I thought okay that's what I'll do I woke up I did activation exercises got out took like three steps down the road and instantly stopped my watch and went no I can't go um yeah I think that the top of my right calf into the back of my knee bottom of my hamstring just I was really feeling it I just it was one of those ones where I was like I got to not go if I go I feel like I could cause an injury here I don't think I'd be helping. I don't think this is something I should run through. I think this is something that really needs rest. Yeah. Um, so I, I did that for the right leg. And then, I don't know, maybe it's psychosomatic or compensating or whatever, but my planter on my left foot has really been playing up again this week. Um, and it's ironic because it's almost like 12 months and almost a year to the day since it really flared up again the first time and I lost an entire month. Yeah. um and so i've uh i've booked in for the doctor on the weekend i'm going to go get properly checked out because i think i want to get an ultrasound done okay. um you know it, it I, I think the right calf and the right hamstring and everything will just be hey you've pulled it it needs a bit of rest and everything but the left foot the planter i just want to make sure that there's nothing you know what it's like when you jump onto WebMD yeah. yeah. and you know it starts telling you you've got everything under the sun i've got typhoid apparently apparently um the black plague yep um you know but I think I just want to make sure that there isn't, like, a stress fracture there or, like, a dis- there's this thing called the cuboid bone, which can get displaced. And if yep. that happens, it causes a problem. I just want to make sure there's nothing structural in there because, yeah, yeah the, the, the inserts and the rolling and all that sort of stuff, I would have thought that after not doing a lot of running over the last four to five weeks, I should be feeling no plant or whatsoever. Could be and- just,
1: like, like, the
0: cold, man, like... I,
1: I hate saying it, but I'm old. At, is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. We're getting to that point where it's just like, you know, on a cold day, eh, you feel everything just a little bit more. Mm, um, yeah, which, which sucks. Um, which I guess just sucks.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. It's 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 you know, I kind of knowing that we were going to talk this afternoon, this evening, and knowing what you want to talk about. I was kind of trying to get myself into a good mood uh, and and rev myself up a little bit today and find find some positives. But, yeah, the last week or so has been really sort of – because it's one of those ones where it just becomes uh, a negative spiral. You don't exercise, and then because you don't exercise, you feel slow and lazy, and then because you feel slow and lazy and it's cold, next thing you know, you're in the fridge looking for something you don't really need, and it just sort of starts to build on itself. So, yeah, the the last week or so, having – not being able to run after a week of struggling back into running after two weeks of hating running after bombing out on an ultra it's been a tough month
1: if i'm being completely honest yeah yeah sounds like it Hmm. yeah you know that'll happen that happens every now and then and sometimes there's no rhyme or reason to it i think um i'd say take another week off but you've kind of done that so i think you're doing the smart thing by going to get it looked at Get it checked um, out, get an ultrasound, if nothing else get an for X-ray. some peace of mind. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Just make sure that it isn't something else. Like if they scan it and go, it's almost like one of those things where you'd almost prefer to scan it and go, oh, yeah, there's a stress fracture in there or yeah. there's a bone spur or something like that. Because then it's like, oh, well, how do we fix it? Or, oh, well, there's a stress fracture. I have to rest until that's healed. Whereas right now it's like, oh, is resting doing any good? resting is meant to be the magic elixir isn't it that's the thing they always tell you if you haven't you got an injury just rest well I've rested for a week and it still sucks
1: yeah it's funny rest like sometimes yeah sometimes rest uh, sometimes of course there are injuries that rest isn't going to do anything and you're going to come back and it's going to be just the same but sometimes there are things you just have to figure out and treat and maybe that's what it is so yeah I think best case scenario they say to you yeah this is what it is Mm. I think worst case scenario is we don't know what it is and yeah and then
0: that when that happens then i just need to work out what am i going to do am i just going to try and get back into a routine where it's manageable and or do i try and start hunting down specialists and climbing tall mountains looking for the blue flower to try Uh and work out some magic um, thing to solve it
1: well i think when a when a when a like a normal quote unquote doctor can't tell you what the problem is yeah then yeah then you find somebody like an osteo or a mayo or a physio and just be like look these are my symptoms and sometimes they tell you oh yeah okay so you have that pain in your foot go and clean out your ears and that'll take yeah. you <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so you never know uh, so what have you been up to yourself how are you going yeah I'm going well um you know I'm, I'm picking back up so I had my deload week last week I did my 5k time trial that went really well um you know so I'm kind of I'm kind of going in uh, the opposite direction I suppose I'm I'm, I'm feeling good at the moment uh, you know there are always things that I'm like worried about but yeah uh, you know I had my first face-to-face chat with Kirk DeWint my running coach um, and he's really he's just really happy with the progress he had the chat with me he said look at the end of some of your long runs just maybe take it back a notch um, yep. he's like, oh, okay. yeah, he's like, you're ending some of your long runs at like a 645 mile pace. It's like a, it's like a 345 kilometers. Like you don't you're really meant to need cool to cool do down
0: that. at the end, not sprint it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're heading into that. You know, he's, he's sprinkling in some speed workouts now. Like, um, yes, no, two days ago, Tuesday, I went for like a really crazy run, which kind of on paper looks easy hmm uh so it's, it was called the broken tempo so did my three kilometer warm-up and then 3.2 kilometers hard take a three minute rest yep. then um about three uh, just under three kilometers hard take a rest then sixteen hundred meters. Take okay, rest. So so it's kind of
0: breaking it down. Each interval gets a little bit smaller. Yeah. So yeah. And okay. Same
1: amount of rest. Um. So for my American friends, that's two miles hard, one and a half miles hard, one mile hard, hmm. and because of the three mile, uh, three minute rest. On paper, it looks easy, but it took it. it was hard. Yeah. Like you yeah. get, because you're essentially two and a half miles, just about a five k. You're essentially doing a five k almost, um, and then. Uh, Where was this? Was this at a track or was this
0: just out on a looped course? Or uh, well, Actually, I did it right
1: outside one of the gyms that I've been managing. So I just did okay. it. There's about a, uh, a nine-tenths of a mile loop that I was mm-hmm. running. So it was probably, what's that, like 50, One and a, 50, and a half k's. Something. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And so I just did that and it was windy and rainy, so that sucked. But <laughs> Welcome was... to Melbourne. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it was good. I did my uh, my uh, chasing vert workout this morning up at the Flinders Peak. Uh, got up two and a half times in about 70 minutes I was happy with that yeah. and um, and then I asked my I asked Kirk I was like dude my garmin chest strap is pissing me off because like mm-hmm. I'll be going at a 645 pace and it's telling me that my heart rate's up at like 148 and I'm like that's not like if I take my pulse my heart rates like right around 135 at a 645 yeah. pace he's like dude just ditch the his words he's like get rid of the goddamn strap. <laughs> yeah. And he recommended me an armband strap, which I've an never used band. before. Yeah, apparently they're really good. Um, Where does it go? On um, your arm, obviously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because
1: yeah. course, uh, uh, on the uh, bicep. bicep. Yeah, He, I think he said sometimes he wears it on the forearm, depending, but apparently they're just as accurate, and actually he's but had a lot it, more. How is it better than those wrist ones that everyone says are oh, crap? Well, the problem with the wrist ones because the the watch sits in a certain way and there's bumps and and there's uh just uh apparently apparently things like skin pigment can get in the way of these things because of the because of the lights oh Uh, the hair blocks it so unless you're wearing it like on the inside of your wrist and really goddamn tight
0: right um, so olive skinned astute gentlemen like you and I are suffering a little bit yeah. whereas pasty white boys like Simon no problem whatsoever
1: correct yeah so and you like and you can you, you can you can always tell like when somebody's wearing just a wristwatch and you kind of know the person right you say okay they've done a, like a 520 kilometer run today uh, 520 pace today but their heart rate showing that they're at like 130 and it's like
0: mm. I feel like mine's the opposite mine's always way high my heart rate i move and my heart rate monitor says you're at 165.
1: do you know what my heart rate the, the goddamn wrist strap told me that i was at a 225 when i was doing the stretching the other day <laughs> yeah, <it> Was Yeah. stretching <laughs> uh, yeah i was like that's not accurate yeah no i'm uh, dead
0: if that's happening yeah, yeah. exactly
1: mm-hmm. um so yeah that's what's kind of going on with me uh i've got i'm in a bit of a conundrum Tomorrow i'm supposed to do four miles easy six six and a half kilometers and my long run on Saturday is supposed to be 22 and a half. But the problem is, I'm filming on Saturday. Oh. And the call time is like 6.45 in the morning. Oh. And I'm feeling like I'm not going to get up at 4 a.m. to run because, and we'll, we're going to get into mindset in a second. Yeah. This might segue really well. <clears throat> so I might switch that and do my long run tomorrow. Hmm. I'm kind and of. Then, kind and then of when that. you do your easy run. I'll just do it as a recovery run on Saturday and I'll get up at 5 a.m. on Saturday. And you weren't running the vert today, were you? There was a I, lot of more hiking so, or? Uh, I was uh, run walking. I mean, there was a bit of running in there. I, I try to keep my heart rate around one fifty-five, which means there's probably, it's not quite half and half running, but yeah, you know, there's quite a bit of running. I mean, to get up and down there two and a half times, you know, I definitely running down, um, running, Half of it up. it's tomorrow's long run just about like a, a like a like a typical long run, easy pace? Yeah, easy, like yeah, ratcheting down the pace maybe in the second half, but not like if I start out at like a six forty five. Yeah, maybe the second half I'm I'm running at a six six or six fifteen, so it's not like correct. I reckon you'll be fine then if you're if you didn't trash yourself today
0: and it's just a quote unquote easy long run, then I think you should be fine to swap that. Yeah,
1: from. I think. Um, so, I'm going to let him know about that just because, you know, I don't want to miss it, obviously. I won't mm. miss it so, because the other option is doing it on Sunday, which I've done that before. And then I just go right into next week on Monday yeah. with my recovery run anyway. So, Which um, a lot of people do. Sunday long but, yeah. runs are the normal way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but,
0: you know, Saturday long runs, are, they're just
1: as effective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you just get them in. So, I'm preparing tonight as if tomorrow is my long run. So, okay. I'm, I'm getting myself ready. I'm doing my uh, – getting my, you know – had a bit of rice with dinner uh, and um so yeah because i don't really eat a lot of carbs as everybody knows but yeah. lately just because i've had the talk with kirk i was like because I'm, I'm kind of looking at this a little bit more scientifically this time this training block because i want to get other yeah. things right because obviously some things don't work so i said to him look if you run aerobically at a you know and and that's when your body uses fat as fuel Yep. And you're running anaerobically, so faster, getting a higher heart rate. That's when your body starts using sugar as fuel. So if I'm not a carbohydrate-fueled athlete, is that yep. going to sort of hinder my progress? And was like, well, if you start adding in carbohydrates, yeah, you're probably going to see a big return on that. So I've started mm. adding carbohydrates surrounding my quality speed work and now my long-run days. So I'm yeah. really, really interested to see what those metrics... Um, it won't be overnight but you know. how's it making you feel um I'm, I'm being moderate with it like yeah so
0: you're not a true runner then. no runner is ever moderate with carbs <laughs>
1: <laughs> um like the day before i'll have two servings of rice spread out between lunch and either breakfast or dinner and you know the 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 i, I might so on my speed workout might maybe like have a banana beforehand my before my long run i'll have like a generation you can bar tomorrow and see how that treats me so instead of doing all my runs fasted uh it might be my easy recovery runs are just the runs that i do fasted okay. uh, like i did my run this morning chasing vert fasted but it's not technically a quality day it's more like a skill day yeah yeah so it's okay
0: fun. that's that's good yeah meanwhile most normal runners would be like i'm having a macaroni and cheeseburger because i eat carbs on carbs
1: well and that's the thing so i guess that kind of role that yeah (laughs) that kind of helps us segue into it it's like so you know today what we want to talk about in, in our training series everybody is is kind of like the mindset and so what i'm talking about is structuring certain things around my runs and planning everything out other than just the runs and planning out my week and looking at what that looks like because when you're training For something specific especially when you're training for something specific you have to have the right mindset sure you can be on a you know quote unquote off season where there's no races and you're just running to run or for exercise or for maintenance and that's fine and and you can do that but when you have stuff that you really are looking at in terms of preparing for you've got to have a mindset you've got to have preparation you've got to have discipline consistency all that stuff and that's what we're going to talk about today
0: and this is different to having a plan like a training plan which says i'll run five days a week and all that sort of stuff this is you've got a plan how do you approach that plan how do you get ready for it in the short medium and long term
1: correct and and sort of you've you've got to look at having a physical plan as part of your mindset because you know i mean we start there so your first thing you look at is your schedule of workouts Mm -hmm. so you want to look at your workouts for the week so what I do every week is I look at my week ahead so on on the Sunday night I'll look at what my week looks like and then each day I look at the workout that I'm gonna do the following day so on Sunday night I'm looking at the whole week plus Monday and I'm looking at what that workouts gonna look like Then Monday night I'm looking at Tuesday Tuesday I'm looking at Wednesday and and so on and so forth so you are never just rolling out of bed and kind of uh, making it up as you go you're you're prioritizing your thoughts and looking at, you know, you're looking at the visualization of the workout, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And you have a plan, you have something that you're gonna get up and specifically do. So, you know, um, like even, you know, if you get toward race day, say for example, if you're doing an obstacle course race, you're, or not just an obstacle course, but just any race, you're looking at the course map and you're Mm -hmm. figuring out, okay, here's where i'm going to surge or here's where i'm going to have nutrition or here's where i'm going to walk you know here's where i'm going to you know really make a move so you you Mm -hmm. kind of have to have that plan you have to have you know your schedule of workouts you have to have your visualization of what you're going to do moving forward
0: and that helps guide your mindset because sometimes if you just roll out of bed and go for it you'll be tempted to some weeks attack every run as if it is the best run that you ever have to run and go way too hard Yep. But if you're sitting there going, okay, I've got a long-term plan for this week, and I understand my week, then you can approach the mid, the mindset for that recovery run with, okay, this is a recovery run. My focus here is to feel good and enjoy myself, and distract myself with a podcast, and and be kind to myself and forgive myself for not setting a PB because the bigger goal is this run I'm doing on the weekend, and
1: I'm excited by that. Exactly. So all your yeah, and that's a great point. Like. All your easy runs, if you've got them scheduled in, which you should, you got to look at them as easy runs. You Like, throw... um, And Zach will appreciate this, but throw what Strava says out the window. It doesn't matter what anybody says. Every easy run that you do, every recovery day that you have, every rest day that you have, is preparing you for the hard stuff that is going to be the flashy, sexy stuff. Uh, Just, like... Don't worry about your pace, man. Like, if you're running like a seven minute kilometer or an eight minute kilometer or a 12 or 13 minute mile, like, who cares? Just take the recovery. If you've got a
0: plan and you want to stick to that plan, then your mindset should support you on those runs. Um, And and I think a big thing is, like, when Andrew said he looks at the week ahead, you want to be excited by the week ahead. You want to sit there and go, right, well, you know, I've got some a good mix of things. There's enough in there to keep me interesting. And, and I want to do this week. And that's really, really tough. Like, you know, I've been in big training blocks for big runs where I'm doing like over 100Ks a week of running. And you just sit there going, man, I'm, I'm out doing two a days and I'm doing a half marathon before breakfast on Wednesday. And then I'm doing another 30Ks on the weekend. And it just starts to be really overwhelming if you look at the numbers. But it's also exciting like you know if it ever gets to a point where it's not exciting then that's really really tough and that's where you need to go right why am i doing this yeah um and that'll affect your mindset as well
1: yeah and that. and that's the, the other side of the coin is yeah you will have days like that you will absolutely have days where you don't want to do it but you've got to make up you've got to make the decision like if you want to uh show up and do really well you've got to come to terms with the fact that you will have days where you don't want to work out but there are always going to be days like that. And it's the people that do the workout, even on those hard days, that are going to make a difference at the start and the finish line. Like, that's it. Like, mm. we're not professionals, right? No. Obviously. But that's the difference between an average runner and a professional or somebody with a professional mindset
0: mm.
1: and a, a like a warrior mindset is that that person is going to do the hard thing even though it feels like crap. Because yeah. it's not always going to be fun. Yeah. 90% of the time, it probably should be. Because otherwise, if it's not fun, yeah. then you probably shouldn't be doing it. But there are going to be days where you're just going to have to embrace that craptastic feeling. And yeah. you can't make the excuses because the more excuses you make, there's only so many times that you can decide not to do a workout before it takes effect. And I now, this is all with the understanding that everything is fine you're feeling good there are yes. no injuries you know and you're in a mentally good space like you know that's that's a whole other ball of wax right yes yeah if um, you if
0: your mindset is one that it's repeatedly causing you to skip workouts even though you've got a plan then i think there's more to your yeah. mindset for running there to look at um there's some other things that you probably need to to reconsider um, in terms of how you're approaching that. And, okay, well, why am I running? Is, is running and this goal that I'm going for the, you know, the best thing for me right now? And, and like Andrew said, there's going to be those runs where you come back and, oh, my God, that was a crappy run. That run could not have got any worse. I think that I love those runs because you can tick that one off and go, you know what? My next run is going to be so much better than that. It has to be. And if I can have the crappy bad run today, then maybe I'll have the good run on race day or something. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, it's a lot of mindset is before, you know, it's it's the, what am I doing over the next week? What am I doing tomorrow? And then it's how do I react to a bad run? Um, yeah. You would have all heard me a couple of weeks ago talking about after the Great Ocean Road, my mindset was really low and confused after that run because I wasn't sure how I was going to react to it. But I'd say this, it was an inquisitive mindset. It was a mindset where I was curious, you know, and, and that comes a lot with experience as well. Um, but it was a mindset where, yeah, I was obviously questioning what I was going to do next, but it was a mindset of, the, the mindset was, I'm going to need to work out what I'm going to do next. It was not a mindset of, okay, well, that's it. Now I'm going to give up. And I think that's the thing with, uh, that's why a training plan is important because. It lets you frame your mindset after every run in terms of how is this building towards the biggest picture. Yeah. The training plan will take care of itself to get you fit for the bigger picture, but your mindset is what will carry you through the training plan.
1: Right. And that kind of that kind of leads, this has all been kind of leading into this next thing that I wanted to talk about is that discipline, right? Is that having that discipline, having that mindset to complete the prescribed workouts. Like I said, there's only so many that you can skip, right? Right the difference between a person who really exceeds and succeeds and a person who just does the bare minimum the, the only difference there is the work that they put in right is the discipline that they have like anybody can go out there and be the best that they can be But it's the person who actually puts that work in and has that discipline who will figure out what that is. Not everybody's going to go out and is going to podium. Not everybody's going to go out and is going to win. Not everybody's going to go out and set world records. But everybody who goes out has the potential to do the best that they can, whatever that means to them, as long as they put the work in. Because you are not – you can't fake this stuff. Like, we've all – figured that out the hard way at some point or another yes you can't fake it like you can't come from nothing and expect to go and do amazing things you've got to put the work in you've got to have that discipline it's just it is that because you that i mean discipline is probably out of all of this most important thing yeah if your mindset is i just want to
0: finish a marathon um, that's what I want to do. Mm. Um, you know, a positive, like, as we've said, running is so mental, um, a, assuming you get lucky with your, uh, body on the day, your mind can carry you through a marathon. The mind is an amazing thing. You will be sore for three weeks afterwards if you go into a marathon with no training. Um, but if you are going to go train for a marathon, then you got to train for a marathon and your mindset will be key mm. to carry you through that training block because you can't cram for a marathon. And you can't fake the long runs. Like I, Again, sharing from recent personal history, we spoke about how instead of doing solid long runs for my 60K event, um, I was doing half and halves. And half and halves would be good for a marathon, but they weren't good for an event that's nearly you know, 50% more than a marathon. Mm. And so you know, that's a, my mindset was one of just sort of getting to the start line for that event. My mindset set was not as focused on the quality and excellence of training that, you know, hindsight showed me I needed, um, and so, you know, sometimes the mindset that you take into a training block needs to be one where you're sort of almost looking ahead and going, how would I assess skipping this run today in the future? Will I regret um, not doing this? next week or tomorrow or something because what it's doing to my overall training block and yeah. so you know using that and, and it's almost like doing a little bit of a, a self-sanity check at the start of every day or at the mm-hmm. start of every training block to go right what am I going to do out of this where, where do I think I'm going to be challenged yeah. um, what can I plan around and then you know as we always say you can't Plan for every eventuality, and you have to be flexible with your training. Otherwise, your training takes over your entire life. And Mm. very few of us have the ability to just devote everything to training
1: one hundred percent. That's right. That's right. And you know, actually, I'll I'll skip ahead because that kind of that kind of segues into one of them. Like, so in the beginning, we talked about the schedule of workouts. So now we have to talk about the schedule of life. Like, you've got Mm. to like so all of this stuff that I'm talking about this is whether you want to go out and be the best that you can be or this is whether you want to go out and you want to try something. You're going to have to put Mm. some kind of effort in. So we've got the schedule of workouts. We've got the schedule of life. So you've got to understand, we don't all live at a training camp with Elliot Kipchoge. And we can't, we can't, like our weekdays are our weekdays. Like if a professional, if somebody like Elliot Kipchoge gets up and he's going to do a quality workout and he's not feeling it, He's got a bunch of people around him that says, okay, yeah, let's put this one off and today becomes tomorrow or the next day. And it doesn't matter because that's what his life is. We have schedule of life. So life's going to get in the way. You're going to have to make the decision. So like I said before, I had to make the decision. Am I going to get up at four o'clock on Saturday and do this run, this 22 and a half mile run before I go filming on, on Saturday? No. And the reason is because A... I don't want to get up at four o'clock in the morning. I I would if I absolutely had yes. to. But B, I don't want to go and do this run at four o'clock in the morning and then have to film the entire day because that's not going to be good for me. It's not going to allow my body to recover as best as good because I'll be on the go, 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 go. I'd rather do it on a day where I can actually yes. recover. And but, you're getting
0: paid to do one of those two things on Saturday and correct. getting up at four o'clock to run is not it.
1: Correct. But that said, I'm going to get the run in. I'm just going to... I'm going to move it around Mm. and I'm going to swap things, but I won't just not do it. So, you know, and that, that's the other thing is, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll have on your schedule, okay, I've got a, an hour long session today. I've only got 20 minutes because I've misjudged my time, whatever. Nine times out of 10, I see people just giving up that workout completely. I'm like, do you know what? If you can't do the hour, just do the 20 minutes, do something. Your mindset needs to
0: be, I'm going to do something. I'm yeah, going to start.
1: Exactly. Yeah. If you've got 20 minutes, use the damn 20 minutes and work hard as hell. Put an hour into that 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, so you've got to kind of, you, you've got to get into that mindset. It's like, you've got to decide, okay, yeah, I know I've got to maybe get up a, a couple hours early, or I've got to do this at a different day, or I've got to swap some things around. But you just, you can't. oh i guess this leads into the next thing you can't make excuses if you're preparing for an event the event is coming no matter what you do yeah it's it's i mean it's it's coming so you better show up prepared you better just show up prepared because it's going to be better to do that than show up and wish that you had prepared more yeah and and use
0: the approaching event again it becomes. That could become fuel for a positive mindset because the approaching event should not be one that puts the fear in you um, Of oh my god it's coming it's coming it should be oh it's pulling me towards it yeah you don't want to be in a situation where you feel like um, you know you've got this slow trudge towards the event your mindset has to be one of i want to get to this event every day is not a day of lost training it's a day closer to me getting out there and doing my best i think um, uh, andrew said before we are we are not professionals we are very much amateur abilities as, as, as as hard as we train and as good as we've done in events in the past, we are a long way from the best, the best, the best, but, but I will say that, and this is going to sound extremely braggy.
1: There is time. I know what you're going to say. I know where you're going with this. And I like, there's,
0: there's there's times where, when I've been training really, really hard and I've been working really, really hard. And I know that I'm going to have a good result. And I would say, even though I'm an amateur athlete with amateur ability, I brought a professional mindset to it. And I approached it, not that it's my job, it's not my job, but I took it really seriously. And those are the times when you get the payback, you get back what you put into it. That whole saying about you only get out of it what you put into it. If you bring a professional disciplined mindset to your training, an amateur athlete can unlock their best potential.
1: Absolutely, and I, I I agree with that a thousand percent. Like, you don't have to be a professional to have a professional mindset. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Um, the next thing we're talking we're talking consistency, right? So, that's that's a real important thing. Like, you have to show up. I mean, this is what this all has been talking about. Where you got to show up. You have to gauge your progress is really important. Mm. Even repeating workouts. Repeating workouts in a block is actually really a useful tool. So Mm. if you do 10 by 400s with 60 seconds rest and then you do it again three or four weeks later and you can see if you've improved. Like it's not always fun repeating the same workouts. Like we all want to do different stuff and we all want to have the flashy and all that stuff. But like there's no better kind of – gauge than repeating a workout. Like I always use it's not technically a workout, but for whatever reason it's my eight mile run. So eight miles, twelve point eight kilometers. That when I was completing my uh very first marathon training, that was my first long run. It was 12.8 kilometers, eight miles. And on paper it scared me because I it just looked huge. Yeah. And it ended up it wasn't great. It was the first run that I had ever experienced the bonk Mm. Uh, you know i hit the wall i think i ended up running like a seven and a half minute average kilometers like a 13 minute mile or something crazy and now i don't even consider that a, i don't consider no. that a long run it's just like a it's like a mid-distance whatever it's just like a and every time i get through an eight mile run i always look back to that very first eight mile run and i'm like man if this today might not have been my fastest eight mile run it didn't need to be but I feel so much better than I did on that very first. And that is a true measurable sort of metric in terms of how far I have come as a runner, just that simple thing. And it's just, it's always good to be able to do that. And I'm not saying that that's the only thing that I look at. Of course, I repeat other workouts like speed workouts, but that's just one example of how you can actually put it into words about how you can progress. Yeah, and, and the
0: thing about repeating workouts is, again, bring it all back to mindset. If there's a particular workout that is a good workout for you, a favourite workout for you, or a, or a nemesis workout for you, then, you know, your mindset around that particular event can change. You can, you know, look forward to it. You can be apprehensive about it and mm-hmm. think about how do I double prepare for it. Um, and it, that's why it's really good to sort of have those. I mean, Mark does that with WindFit. You know, when we're in the lead up to a marathon event, we'll do the same sort of four uh, training blocks over a two-week program. Mm-hmm. And so we'll just repeat them probably six to eight times in the, you know, 12 to 16 weeks leading up to an event. But the reason why is so that, you know, every second Thursday you're like, okay, we're doing eight by 600 yeah. or six by or six by 800, or we're doing 200, 400, 800, 1200, 800, 400, 200. Like, you know, and you can sort of take that and go, okay, well, I like this workout or I hate this workout, but I'm still going to do it. Yeah. Um. And, and frame it up and, and go, okay, well, I hate this workout, but I'm going to go do it. And then I'm going to reward myself with a eight mile tempo because that's my favorite workout afterwards. Yeah. You know, crappy, your mindset, a positive mindset, a professional mindset can take even the crappiest workout that you don't enjoy and turn it into a positive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of leads into this last thing that I really wanted to discuss is you got to kind of embrace the discomfort. Oh yeah. You, you know what? Like, that's the thing. Like, you look at a racer, a an obstacle course racer, a road racer, a trail runner. Sure, they make it look like it's effortless, and they make it look easy. Elliot Kipchoge, man, you mm-hmm. never know. But I can promise you they are goddamn uncomfortable with what they're yep. doing. And they have trained to last with that uncomfort. Because you, if you're doing, say, a threshold run right? That's one of the most uncomfortable workouts you can do because sure, speed interval sucks. Uh, you know, obviously a 5k, I think the 5k for me is like the most uncomfortable thing. (laughs) Um, but like workout wise threshold, it kind of, it works you where your body's filling with lactate to the point where it can't clear anymore. And it just gets harder and harder and harder. And you can only hold it for 40 to 60 minutes. But that for me is one of those workouts where it's I always feel like at some point I want to quit mm-hmm. and I have a choice. I I can quit, which in which case that choice will become easier every time it comes up if I quit once. And yep. I have, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and say that I haven't gone out for a threshold run and cut it short because I was just like, no, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are going to be days like that, but for the most part, you want to just get comfortable in that uncomfort zone, even if it means slowing down your pace by 30 seconds per kilometer, like just keep going because the difference between somebody who is a winner or is a person who PBs or is somebody who is successful, they understand what it's like to live in the uncomfort and discomfort and they, they can stand it a little bit longer. You know, everybody always says the person who wins is the person was the least uncomfortable. Yeah, sure. But they're also the person who's most comfortable being in that uncomfortable. Yeah. And
0: there's things you can do to support your mindset. And yeah, we're talking now about being in an actual activity. I mean, I, I for instance, I really struggle with the concept of a fart leg run, right. uh, a run where you go out there and you just run varying paces, you know, a lot of the time subject to what you feel. It's not really planned. It's just a series of surges and recoveries all over the place. I really struggle with that. I'm I'm someone who much prefers to get into a long, grindy type pace and grind it out. But I find music can really help me when I'm doing a fartlek run. Like I'll sit there and I'll just put on random music and I'll lose use certain points and certain songs to speed up and other parts and certain songs to 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 recover. And that, that helps my mindset for doing a fartlek workout. Other people really struggle with, you know, the long, slow runs. And that's where running with a group can help your mindset because they're a distraction. You know, a lot of things that, you know, your, your mindset during an event will want to find a way for you to quit. Yeah. You know, what you're doing is hard and the human body will want to quit. And so there's tools like music, podcasts, you know, podcasts like this, um, group training sessions that can help distract your
1: negative mindset and accentuate the positive mindsets.
0: Um, so use those tools.
1: And if yeah, and you've got absolutely use those tools because at the end of the day, if you're training for a race, racing sucks. Like, Mm -hmm. let's be honest, man. Like if you're, if you're racing to uh, actual racing, like if you're trying to PR or PB, it sucks. It's not freaking, it doesn't feel good. I mean, it's hard. It sucks so hard. So if you can find tools to make that a little bit more bearable, do it. Like, I did my five K time trial the other day and the entire not the entire time, but you get about two kilometers into a five K and you start thinking like all the bad stuff, like, Man, this sucks. This is uncomfortable. I don't wanna be here. This is hurting. and it not in a injury way, but this is this is everything is uncomfortable. Five K's especially. Yep. You're going to get to that point in a race and you've gotta kinda be prepared for that. Like as <laughs> You get to a marathon, you get to kilometer 30 and you've only just begun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the mindset of a race is a completely different
0: kettle of fish, like going into a race, you're going to be excited. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be scared. You're going to think you're going to quit. You're going to be overcome with joy of almost finishing. Um, and then there's the, you know, how do you approach the race? Like, you know, again, thinking about recent memory, my attitude going into, my race recent ultra was it had to be an attitude of confidence, even though I was probably overconfident for where my ability was, because mm-hmm. you can't go into that race going, I'm not going to make it, or yeah. I'm going to have a bad time, or, oh, I'm going to quit or something like that. If you mm-hmm. do that, if your mindset is that going into a race, then sorry, you're, you're gone before you've even started. And you've trained too hard to get to that race, to let a negative mindset on race day um, stop you from, from doing your best. So that's where, you know, having a long-term plan, taking each each time you do a workout in the lead up to a race and sit there and go, this is one in the bank for me to be ready for race day. That's something which mentally, when you're starting at the start line, you can be counting those deposits and going, okay, I'm here at the race and I've done 12 weeks of training. And yeah. I was meant to do four sessions a week and I did four sessions a week and I did my long run and it sucked and it was bad. But you know, it was bad because I didn't do this and I didn't do that. And today I'm ready for that. So that's going to be better. Like, you know, you've got to make sure that you're counting your positives, realistic positives, but you know, counting the positives on race day. Um, because yeah, like Andrew said, during the event, be it a a tough 5k or a marathon, at some point the race is going to rise up and smack you in the face and say, right, what are we going to do here? It's up to you to smack it back and go, I've trained too hard and I knew you were coming and this is how i'm going to deal with you and move
1: on exactly and you've got to accept that like no amount of training is going to make the event easy because it's just it's never going to happen it's it's not going to make the event easy what the training does is it allows you to put up with the hard just a little bit longer Yeah. <laughs> and that's how you keep going because you know you sure you could do races that are easy if you want to just go out yep. and do just a, a race and just like cruise it sure do it yep. like more power to you. I've done it.
0: I've done that. I've done heaps of times. I've gone out there and I've done races where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do this race and it's not going to be a PB and it's not going to be slow, but it's just a race. And let me tell you they're they're fine. And everyone will come and say, Oh, great job. You did a marathon or you did a 50 or something like that, but they don't mean as much as the races where you've tried and trained hard to get to a point where you can train your best right. each, each finishing each race is an accomplishment and each race which i've done just to do a race has normally been because it's coming off the back of another event which has been it's, it's almost like a training challenge. run yeah. it's almost like a training run but the, the races where my mindset is i'm actually going to try hard and i'm successful they're the great ones yeah. the events where my mindset is i'm going to try hard and i fail They suck, but they're also the ones that you learn the most from. Yeah, And so, you know, a bad race event. I was watching the other day, um, you know, Molly Seidel, the American marathon runner. She did Boston or she attempted Boston when it was on a couple of weeks ago and she had a really bad day and ended up pulling out at about the 13-mile mark. And I watched a YouTube video about her talking about it like the very next day and her mindset for it was amazing. You know, she was just so reflective and curious and it was the first time she'd ever gone out for a marathon race and not finished you know Mm -hmm. she'd never ever had that happen before i mean think about it she qualified for the american national team her first ever marathon she won an olympic bronze medal um her third or fourth marathon ever like this is a young lady who has never not known success in the event and then on this particular day it rose up and and got her and her attitude afterwards was this was always going to happen It sucks that it happened at Boston because I've never, ever dreamed of not finishing Boston. But it was always going to happen at some point. And now I need to start thinking about the world championships. And that's going to be exciting because it's a looped course. And I like a looped course. And she was instantly reframing. like That's the professional mindset. She was instantly reframing the negative race experience and turning it into, right, now this is what my training block is going to be. And this is going to be my mindset for training. And this is what I'm going to look forward to with this next event. And we can all do that. As long as we um, are conscious of mindset. Mindset doesn't just happen. You've got to work at it just the way you work at your stretching. You work at your recovery. You work at your strength training. You've got to do little mantras and things to get your mindset
1: engaged and activated. Couldn't have said it better myself. Hmm. I, don't even, I don't even think I want to put any more ribbons on that. That was kind of like, that was a nice little close. All right, cool. Um, you bought. You got some swag. You want to tell me about some swag you got? Um, you got a jacket? oh yes uh well i guess the major thing uh, the tech thing i was excited about the uh the uh heart rate monitor but yeah um so i was looking (laughs) i was looking at salomon running jackets because they're very nice and (laughs) but expensive Um, yes erin went to uh, anaconda uh, for those of you in the states i don't know that anaconda is there but it's an outdoorsy type store and she bought me a um, like a waterproof jacket Oh yeah, it's actually really nice. It's it's like a it's not quite a puffer jacket, but it's like you didn't have to say actually,
0: like you know I'm sure she can buy you nice things. That's a good point. She's yeah. probably
1: better at this than I am. Yeah. Um, I you know if it was up to me, I'd just wear my jeans and flannels all day. Um, <laughs> but... Bad
0: running cotton, folks. It's bad. Yeah,
1: it's not good. Um, it's it's actually it's red and red and blue, so it's like Superman colors, which is awesome. Ooh. Yep. Uh, it was like. So I was looking at salamon jackets. They're like 150 $200. <laughs> she gets me this beautiful-looking jacket. It's like $40 at Anaconda. <laughs> it's, it would be like the same kind of... I mean, look, you get a salamon jacket, and yeah, they're probably... they Sure, some of them probably are like, whoa, this is crazy that it's keeping me this warm and it's this yes. light. But I don't really need that right now. Like, it doesn't get that cold. I don't really run in temperatures that are that cold, and... You know, nothing that my, um, my like Nike kind of long sleeve shirt can't handle. But this jacket that she got me is like so awesome looking. I can't wait to put it on. Awesome.
0: So, um, with the new Alpha Flies, with the heart rate monitor, the new jacket, yeah, just, just... uh, all brand
1: new. Uh, No, no new gear on race day, though. No, 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 no. (laughs) Although I feel like I want to try some new shoes. I feel like there are brands that I want to try.
0: Yes. Um,
1: um vj vj shoes are supposed to be really awesome i've never heard of vj before what is um, vj it's there it's, it's a racing shoe it's a road race they have like everything it's like um i i hear them talking about it on the running public all the time it's like one wow. of the greatest racing shoes apparently there's a shoe called the vj max that's just like real awesome um I i've really... been
0: interested to try the on brand um have you heard of them no they're called Holland um and they're you know a really super lightweight shoe instead of um the only way I can describe it is instead of like a gel inside them they've got these pods that like the bottom of the sole of the the shoe is like these pods where you can see through the pods it's almost like they're springs but they're not and they look great but the problem I've heard and this is such a first world problem is Apparently, stones get stuck in them really hard, really easily. And I so feel like you've spoken saved, about this because this sounds yeah, familiar. Yeah. yeah, and people oh, I'm just – we're hundred and something episodes in, Andrew. We're just repeating ourselves. Good like, point. you know, I'm going to have to dress up next time to try and bring some spice into this.
1: You're going to have to um, dress next time to do that. Yeah, true. I, I, There's it, it, a good thing
0: the camera's up here because I'm wearing very short shorts uh, <laughs> down here. Um, but, yeah, these ons apparently catch stones and stuff, which is super annoying. People who have them are like, if you're running on a track – or on like smooth asphalt, they're amazing. Yeah. But the second you go off-road and pick anything up, they're, they're not great. Yeah,
1: I, I, want to try, if, I want to delve into the Hoka world. I, I was about
0: to say, have you ever tried the Hoka's?
1: I, I have a pair of Hoka. Um, are they 1-1 one, one, or are they One-One? I don't know. I think it's One-One. Uh, that's yeah. what I thought too. Yeah. Uh, and they're not. I don't love them. I, I don't know that I would... I can't remember which version of them, but I don't love them. But that said, I would love to try the Hoka like the Evo um, yeah. Speed Goat ones, because those are like oh, yes. trail shoes. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about those. But, yeah, I'd love yeah. to get into Hoka's. you know. Apparently, Skechers make some awesome running shoes, too. Really? I always thought of them as like walking shoes. Yeah, kind of like I remember like everybody in high school had Skechers, and now <laughs> I hear like Skechers have some really good running shoes. I'm like, really? That's weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I was
1: at school, everyone had
0: airwalks because it was, you know, the 1990s. I had airwalks. I had (laughs) airwalks and vans.
1: And for whatever reason, because I bought them, I was a poser. Yeah.
0: Everyone else had vans and I had airwalks. Airwalks must have been on sale at some point when my parents bought them. That's the only thing I can do. I
1: think airwalks were the first ones that I had too.
0: Yeah. My, My parents, everyone at the school was getting these Jordans and stuff like that. And, you know, my parents went and bought me basketball shoes. And on the back of it in big letters, they had, national basketball league oh that's so nice. which is not the national basketball association of america NBL, yeah it was the australian NBL. <laughs> nbl yeah and so my mum showed them to i distinctly remember this my mum pulled up to pick me up from school and she's like oh i got you these shoes and you know right outside the front of the school she popped the trunk and she pulled them out and i opened them up and i pulled them out and was looking at them and my first impression was oh these are pretty cool and a kid walked past and laughed and said nbl and i hadn't even tried the shoes on and they were dead to me at that point. I, don't, I think I wore them like three times under sufferance. That yeah.
1: sucks. I remember. I think I had a couple of experiences like that where I, I thought I was, I, I was, I had something really cool, but somebody was yeah. like, "No, nah, those are rip off ones." And I'm like, "Well, you should go and die in <laughs> a fire." Um, I had L.A. lights. Did you have those ones? Uh,
0: no, we had L.A.
1: gear here in Australia. Yeah, we, we had L.A. Dying. gear. Yeah. Say, these are L.A. gear, but they were. They were the ones that lit up when you walked?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I think we saw those on kids on, like, um, sitcoms, uh, but never actually had them come out here. Yeah. Yeah. That's where America
1: is. It's a big sitcom. Australia
0: in the 1980s, 1990s was, like, America in the, in the 70s. We yeah. were a while behind.
1: Yeah. Well, that's kind of, like, the first thing I noticed when I got here, and I was, like, everybody's dressing like it's the 80s, and there are mullets <laughs> that are still, like, popular. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah.
0: How mullets are so popular now? It's, it's incredible. Mullets and mustaches.
1: I don't understand that. Mustaches are kind of cool, but mullets cannot be As a man
0: with a beard, I can appreciate a mustache, but yeah. 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 Mm. There you go. Um, All right.
1: On a tangent now. Yeah, well, (laughs) I guess, look, I guess the point of this this, uh, one, everybody just, yeah, whenever you're preparing for an event, you know, you just got to you really got to start to look at certain things with your mindset like you, and and the way that you prepare you know you're looking at your schedule of your workouts your discipline your consistency the excuses that you make excuses versus facts right visualization very important you know looking mm. at looking at each workout and really planning ahead the schedule of your life how is that going to play into your workout and then you just got to like learn how to embrace the discomfort It's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. It goes to that old cliche, it never gets easy. You just get stronger. I actually said that to somebody today. I was training them in the gym. She said, when does it get easier? I said, well, it yes. doesn't. You Die. just get stronger. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we want. That's what we want. You never want it to get too too easy. It's like easy runs, obviously, but hard workouts, hard efforts, you got to keep them hard. You got to keep yeah, them yeah Exactly. And if you can do all that, if you can get through your training block and kind of keep all that stuff in mind, not make too many excuses, not miss too many workouts, you're going to be great. You might not always do your best because, of course, running and fitness is not a linear journey, but you can always be proud of the fact that you have given everything that you have and that you've done the best that you can, even though you may or may not have gotten the best possible result. Yeah. That's what we have to work with. Exactly.
0: And it's... The most important thing is whilst we might all be limited somewhat in our athletic ability, our mindset is something that is unlimited and we can control it and always improved. I like that. Yep. Beautiful.
1: All right. Well, unless you've got anything else to add,
0: no, nothing else. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to pod three weeks in a row hey. next week four. You're what's, right. what are you going to talk about next week? Have you got an idea yet? Or I have an idea. I have ideas. Okay. I have Ooh, ideas. Secrets. I think next
1: week. I think next week we may start to get into some actual workouts.
0: Oh, excellent. All right. Look forward to that, folks. Before warm-up and cool-down. Yes. Which
1: are just as important. If not more. Uh, Warm-up, definitely.
0: Well, anyway.
1: All right, everybody. Look, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast. Zach and I hope that we see you on the roads, the trails, or the treadmills going above and beyond what you ever thought possible. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time.